Hello, this is John Renaud, and you're listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival via the CEF.world. Check us out, Uncommon Genius for the Common Types. Wow, you guys are punctual creatures, man. Hi, John. How What's are up, you? What's up, brother? I'm good, man. How are you? Hey, John. Hey, York. Hey, Tim. How you doing, brother? I'm really I guess good. we need really our cameras. Today. I'm fantastic, man. So... Are you kidding? I get to talk to two rock icons <laughs> at one time. <laughs> Can the one world icon be less complete? One German. <laughs> one German sausage. Hey, we. I think honestly, I remember Tim said he has uh, German heritage. My mom's side is German, so we got a German connection going on today as well. Oh, ja, guten Abend, meine Herren. This is yeah. ganz gut, danke. <laughs> I'm only good with the bad language. It's the same as my English. So Chinese, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> hey, so what? What I hey guys, we today I have about. two amazing rock and rollers here on the broadcast, Mr. Tim Steinruck of the Mighty One, and also Maestro Jörg Klein here with us. It's going to be an amazing uh, hour of talk, and uh, we're already off and running. Welcome to the Mobile Radio hey, Carnival. So what? What I thought we would talk about. I pushed the record button, so we're on, guys. Okay, uh, what I thought we would talk about, which might be really interesting. Um, is like where we come from individually as far as it relates to becoming a rock and roll person. Like, why is it that you guys cared so much to to turn it into your career endeavor compared to other people? Was it was it the environment? Because I know we all come from different environments as far as that goes. So, as an example, I could cite. Uh, I, I'm not talking about the actual musical influences. I'm talking about like the social or or the environment in in which i guess we were spawned from <laughs> you know what i mean like like for me when i grew up there was a lot of liberty uh it was a it was a, a community that was growing very wealthy very fast a lot of divorced families which meant that we could go to houses and party 24 7. and looking back that was part of the influence because of course we'd get stoned and and you guys don't have to talk about something that's that intimate, but we would get stoned and listen to a lot of rock and roll music. In fact, I, I distinctly remember uh, Robin Trower being one of the uh, main attractions to getting buzzed. Um, so I kind of just wanted to see, like, my father didn't listen to rock and roll. It wasn't that he hated it. He, he just wasn't interested in it. So maybe we could talk, have a conversation a little bit about that. I know with, with, with Tim, I spoke to you a little about you, your family was a rather uh, re zealous religious family, if I if I remember correctly. So how did how does a kid, aside from hiding his Kiss albums, I mean, how do you become inspired? Is it just purely the music that did it to you? It could be. I mean, I, I guess I just wanted to talk about it. Sure, sure. I mean, like for me, it's definitely, I mean, I have to say was we didn't have FM radio, but we did have AM radio and, and we right. had a, we had a couple of channels and and one channel was 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 the was the country station and the other one was sort of the, you know, the the main main station and they played a lot of rock and roll. It was yeah. a station called CJDC and it was from a, a town outside of us. And um, you know, I just I remember songs like uh Jim Stafford, she don't like spiders and snakes. Right. Um, I remember uh, Paul McCartney. I remember stuff like that. You know what I mean? And so that just really stuck out to me. And and it was that was even a little bit taboo in my family. But I used to have this little AM radio, and I would stick it under my pillow yeah. when I went to sleep at night, and and I would just listen to CJDC until they went off of the air, which I think was about midnight or something. And and so that was that was really the thing that inspired me to to want to get into music. Besides, of course, the church and, and all of that stuff. But I just went, wow! There's a whole other kind of music out there. This is so cool. You so know? you had so you had like the church influence, meaning you had music. Which yeah, had, so we you were, were always like, around music, and yeah, then you, you were you had this thing too that was kind of calling you out via radio transmission. Is that your point? Pretty well, yeah. I mean, my family's super musical, and and we would. We would perform at the church every Sunday. My dad was the organist, and 
and that's where I, you know, I played my first instruments, drums and bass, guitar and whatever, right at the, at, at the church. So that was like, it was a big deal. And, and the show part of it, the, you know, that was, that was definitely the big part of it. I mean, yeah. And then once, once I got that Kiss record, then things yeah. really, really opened up. And then I remember seeing my very first show, which was at a high school, which I later went to. And it was a band called Sweeney Todd from, from, uh, from Canada. And at the time, Brian Adams had stepped in as their singer. And once I saw that show, I yeah. was just like, ooh, okay, I get it now. This, I see where this is going. <laughs> this is rock and roll. So you, you were primarily influenced just by the effect of the music. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Gotcha. And, then, and then once I saw the live show, then it just everything just took off. Yeah. Well, you're you're not flashy at all when you do your shows, right? You're rather No, no, no. I like I like to be very sedate, stand in the background. Please put no lights on. <laughs> oh, there we go. York, how about you, man? What was what was the environment in which, you know, you kind of uh this thing was fostered within you? Obviously, you're you're a great musical talent and we was your father a musician? Is that is it just handed down in your case? What is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's nearly the same thing, but without any religious background. For me, it was music my father did. He, is a, he, he, he still is a big fan of those old um, German hits and those um, kind of folk music playing all the, the Siemens songs on right. the on the harp and on the, on his uh, electric organ and so on and so I found to the music and there was always music in the house all all my life long and then came that that bad day I was listening to the top 10 on my on my um, mobile stereo thing yeah uh, yeah, and there was a top ten, and there was ACDC, and there was Mr. Coverdale and Whitesnake, and in the moment I heard the the first chords of Highway to Hell, I was lost. You were hooked. That was it. it uh, I guess it was the sound of the electric guitar, and it was the the fifth inside the inside the rock chords, inside the power chords. Right. I guess that was it. <laughs> And what was what was the what was like the environment where you uh, I, again, I had, I, you know, I shouldn't say I had a, a complete sense of freedom. I did have a father who was uh, in a good way. He put um, boundaries upon me at the time. Of course, I didn't think there were a good way because I was the only one with a set time to be home. And he had issues about long hair and. You know, but in hindsight, I, I think it was healthy. Did you guys were you were your, were your parents again, Tim? I know you, yours were, but I, I just like to talk about it. Uh, restrictive, York, were were or were you just kind of like a child of freedom? They were restrictive, and I think that was a good thing to to grow up with manners, to be in a in an environment that has rules. For me, it, I had to be at home at 10 p.m. when ah, I was, that was my time. 15, 16 or so, yeah. uh, not going to parties and not having long hair. Oh, my God, long hair, those are, those are rebellions. Yeah, and, I had the same and, thing going. And I guess that, that changed also my life a bit because um, I was grown up. No, I was born in the northern part of Germany. Right, and so we settled over to Bavaria, and the Bavarian people, um, speaking their dialect, they always let me stand outside. I was always the the foreigner and the the bad guy, and yeah, and I don't think they liked me so much. And this was the 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 beginning of my rebellion against everything. Interesting. So when you say they didn't like you, you mean they didn't. Um, they didn't get to know you, and so they didn't understand you, maybe. And it's like, hey, dude, we don't want you in the group. Is that how you mean that? Yeah, they didn't want to have me anywhere in any group. And the problem was in school, <clears throat> I, I'm speaking a very clear and very straight language in German. Right. And the Bavarians um, speak in their dialects. They always had problems in school. And I, I have was, found I have found you to be somewhat meticulous. Is that what is that kind of what you're talking about? Like they they were not comfortable with the fact that you when you set out to do things you were methodical about it. I guess that's that point is too early. I guess they wanted to have to to kid 
someone and I was the right person. I was it was the wrong moment and the wrong place. Interesting. Bad luck. <laughs> hey Tim, how about you? Were you an outsider? I guess that's a it's a raw way to condense what York's talking about. Yeah, no, for sure I was. Absolutely. I mean, you know, first of all, being a being a German kid and like I remember going to grade one, you know, I remember vividly, you know, and, and not really knowing what they were saying because guess what? I hadn't been exposed to English speaking people very much right. at all. And I spoke mostly German. So yeah, I was totally an outsider. I was like, what is going on? And, you know, back in those days you had corporal punishment. So and then yeah. the corporal punishment happened usually in front of everybody else to make you oh, yeah. so you know, I was a bit of a slow learner in that way. So me and my my friend, who was also German, Monty Hensel, he uh, he and I would would get you know called out quite a bit by our teacher, Mrs. Dixon, and uh, yeah, she was a, a weird character too. I could tell. I mean, now that I look back, I mean, she I think she was an alcoholic. So you know, so she she was always hung over every day. <clears throat> well, you got to you got to respect that some level. <laughs> so, so, you know, I mean, yeah, and then and then growing up, you know, German diet and stuff like that. I was always a pretty fat kid. So, you know, yeah, I had the same thing going on. It's uh, kind of a bummer, right? And and so, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that was one of my motivations for rock and roll is I wanted to be cool. Yeah. That's yeah, you don't think I qualified yeah. as as fat. I think I was I was husky is the term. So I was bordering into it, and uh, it's interesting how much I think we already have in common. And by the way, guys, this is a free for all. Anyone can you know don't feel like I am facilitating, but I'm not gonna I'm gonna relish the interruptions. So feel free to do that. I think it's funny. I was I was kind of an outsider in the opposite way. I was raised in an environment where my grandfather had a meat market in in the city and the name was kind of known and my brothers were hellacious athletes and it was just it was interesting because I was kind of accepted everywhere but at the same time I don't know if it was just that people couldn't relate to me so I was kind of shunned out or or not necessarily included even though I was included if that makes sense so it's interesting uh, that 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 all three of us so far kind of talking about a lot of the similar things about I felt like an outsider I guess is what I'm rambling about um so were there what what so as a repressed guy in uh, I don't mean you were repressed but I meant maybe your your parents were re putting some repression on you and you were getting the paddle out there in Canada was there room for you to dabble in in misadventure like drugs or were you were you were you sneaking out of the house which my 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 brother was famous for I of course never did Maybe. Yeah. I mean, for sure, for sure, that started to happen, you know. Um, and is that like 13 or 14? Yeah, 13 or so. Yeah, that, I mean, that Kiss record was obviously. Uh, that's know. all it took. <laughs> you know, and, and then it was like, you know, stealing the strawberry wine from yeah. the Yeah. It had been sitting there for the last 15 years. You knew no one was going to drink it anyway, and no one would miss it. And, yeah. you know, and heading out and, and going camping, you know, with my, with my buddy, another German friend of mine, Owen Schuster. We would go out and and uh, and drink uh, drink this strawberry wine and yeah, I remember that very very well. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, you know, other than that, I mean, we were in the living living up north and living on a farm, and you know, the nearest neighbors like a mile away or whatever. You know, spent a lot of time on my own. Yeah. So, you know, guns and uh, and then later on, once I you know once I really started to become a teenager, it was. Uh, you know, growing, growing pot down by the creek. Nice. Look at that's a little bit rebellious. I like it, man. <laughs> I like it. Wait, was that more of a, like a like a solitude though? The lone, being alone, or was it something that I'm sure some days you hated it, but overall, was it something looking back that you're grateful for? Um, I guess I'm grateful because it, it gave me a time for for quite a bit of uh, introspection. Yeah. You know, but um, but look, it was it was a pretty lonely existence you know i had two younger sisters but you know let's face it they were younger than me and they were sisters so they yeah. hung out so the three of us didn't really hang out so i was i was hanging out with myself me myself and i i, I remember having <laughs> imaginary good company friend. though I, I was I remember having an imaginary friend like i actually created an imaginary friend uh, what gertie, was his her name oh what was it gertie gertie nice yeah and but gertie when i when i look back on it gertie was like kind of a really big teacher because we uh, we had this creek that ran past the house, 
and we had beavers in this creek, right? I don't know yeah. if you've seen Canadian beaver before, but and they they build all these dams, and it's a very it's a very interesting um, architecture and family, and and I learned a lot about the beavers. And I don't know if I, you know, sometimes I wonder, was Gertie real or was Gertie imaginary? Because I remember some of the learning some things from Gertie that like now that I even use now that, you know, I learned from the beavers and Gertie was talking about the beavers. So was I, was I just in my head? Was I crazy or was there actually something going on? I don't know. That's interesting, man. They, they, it's so, I was just reading about how you can build, how the, uh, uh, Indian, um, mystics would build i forget what the term is a a a entity that they speak to and that they travel with it almost sounds like something like that was going on with you yeah something like that there was a different term in the in the literature i was reading yeah but you they talk about how you can create it you know how the uh, more advanced mystics would actually create this this entity to help them through learning uh the things that they're interested in learning and that's fascinating man york what about you man are you were you kind of what was your environment actually as you were a young lad i can i can remember i started smoking in the age of nine there you go (laughs) you're talking about weed or cigarettes um, and it was not always so easy to, to get cigarettes, so I had to steal it by my own in the next Oh, nice, job. man. That sometimes brought a little bit of trouble, but... I would imagine. But usually I was um, too fast and too... Too, too good innocent looking. Oh, there you go. So <laughs> it, it went good, but I can remember I was... In every school vacation, I was driving around with, with my bike looking for my friends and all of them were on vacation. I did not find anyone um, because my parents are workers and they bought the house and they came from the east of Germany when when I wasn't born in that, in right. that time, when my sister was born. They were fleeing from the from the DDR, from the Russian sector of, of Germany. Uh-huh. And so I... I never had the chance to come into any group, was looking for my friends, and then came, came the point. I was really interested always in technique, in soldering electronic components, in thinking about that. Then the first, <laughs> I can't remember, the first Z80 computer came on the market. Right. I, I had to have that thing. I program, programmed the Lunar Lander. Those were, I think, about 20, 20 lines of program code, and I was so proud that the, the, this, this pixelized graphic landed yeah. on the bottom of the screen. That was so great. And then a little bit later, when I had learned that I can spend all time of the world only with myself on my own, then I found out that I have a really, really friend that never would leave me. And that is, until now, my guitar. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so you befriended your a git box, and then uh, it made you feel kind of more secure and more complete with who you were, I imagine. Yeah, huh? yeah it's a part of me. And I'm trying to think if I had anything like that where, where I was young. I had two older brothers. They were two years older and three years older, and, and a younger sister, two years younger. So I tended to have a a lot of activity around me any given time with with um, some raucous characters in particular my oldest brothers my older brothers um so i don't know that i had i had an imagination and i was never um at a loss for creating something i think that made myself feel okay or good about you know if i was bored i would invent something in my head to to get rid of the boredom which might be similar but i don't think i had anything as a young lad that I directly would associate to kind of like uh, a pal or a friend or a a thing that I could put my energy into the way that you guys are talking. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's so fascinating. I thought, man, I got, I got these two guys on the show and what is it that that's going to be interesting to talk about? And I just thought a little bit of that would be good. I also wanted to find out from you guys on the subject of fellow musicians, whether people you played with in your own bands or, just in the circle of friends what is it i guess we could start with what we don't like most about 
some musicians, obviously, I don't want you guys to name names or anything, but and they will work to the opposite of like, what is the, the greatest thing about being around creatives? Mm. So who would like to take a stab at that one first? Because that's kind of interesting, right? Both you guys have all of us have different experiences at different places in the music industry. I don't know that I've ever moved out into a stratus where you guys are at, but I've certainly been around it my whole life. And so my experiences and your experiences are going to be from different places. And I'm just curious what, where the similarities might lie. So what is it that we or you guys don't really appreciate about some of your fellow creatives? Well, I mean, you know, in the past, um, it's always been the competitiveness, ah. you know, um, meaning like they're too competitive sometimes or that you're yeah, too or, or that everybody's, you know, that, I mean, let's face it, you know, creativity and music and ego, especially in rock and roll, you know, has, has always been very competitive. Um, yeah. I mean, that's changed. That's changed in the last few years, or maybe that's just me that's changed. But I have noticed that there's a lot more community being built. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we're sitting here today yes. having this conversation is this community that that uh, that leads that leads back to York and, and York leads to John. And, and, and then right. that's where that's where we're at here. But in the past, that's always that competitive thing has really bothered me you know the guy standing at the back of the room with their arms crossed going oh i could have played that solo better right you know it's not that great or you know that that always really really bothered me and and not to say that i, I haven't been that person at some point <laughs> you're being honest eh? yeah to make myself feel better you know yeah, i gotcha i gotcha <laughs> so i I'd, I'd say that's it i mean you know because that that takes away authenticity that takes away honesty that takes away the real connection with the music, which is really what, what music is about. Music is about connection to self. Well, in your case, I, I'm guessing, I don't know, please correct me if I'm wrong, you're going to enter into contractual issues about billing and, and things. Like, I'm, I've never been there, so I don't know about the green M&Ms. And, and to not, I'm not saying that that's something that you would insist on, but you've been around it, right? Mm-hmm. And is that ego driven as well, or is that driven out of necessities that you see and understand that I, I just don't see because I'm not there? Uh, I think some of those things are ego driven, but a lot of them, you know, like when you're talking about the, the M&M thing, it's it's that's more just about playing with the situation and, and one upping, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's just it's just toying like, like a cat playing with a toy, you know what I yeah. mean? It's, it's very much like that. So that might even be keeping a healthy ego is, is what you're suggesting. I think it is. I think it's keeping the fun in things, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think that, that rock and roll needs to be a whimsical thing. It needs to have, it needs to have the, uh, the, you know, the, the comedy parts of it. You know, when it gets too serious, it's not rock and roll anymore. Exactly, baby. Exactly. What about you, York? What is the, and obviously I'm not, you know, I don't think any of us are people who would dwell on what, you know, it's commonly referred to as the negative. That's, it's just, I just, it's an interest and we're flowing with it. So what, what would you find most uh, dispassionate about creatives in general? Dispassionate about creatives. Or things that you just don't like about people that, that are creatives. Hmm. That's a, that's a really interesting question because um, my life in the music always was what was me playing music with me ah, interesting. Um, being in in every band i was and i have to say i have the 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 star sign how do you say um i'm the virgin in ah, uh, virgo um, yeah I'm, gotcha. I'm the virgo and i'm a literally a virgin I enter a room and I have to rule everything. I have to to put all books on the shelf. I have to 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 put all pencils in one line and so right. on. And so it was in the in all the band connections too. I entered the room and I said to the drummer, "Hey, boy, you're going. You become too fast when you're going out of that role." Right. And uh, the bass player, "Hey, can't you play a little bit uh, this or that or?" And I always had had this plan in my head, 
and I think I'm the I am the most hated musician here in my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of musicians I met, but um, what I hate about those creative heads, I only know them very. Um, how do you say? Um, uh, when one gets the nose too high, he's ah. arrogant. Uh, yes, that's that's the point. Oh, so and you're so you're saying that, that you're saying that that you don't dig when people are full of themselves yeah. or non. Yeah. I think having known you too, I, first off, I I find it fascinating because my experience with you had nothing to do with that kind of artistic control. You basically you. did not exude any of that upon me, and you gave me full range to be myself. Um, so I find it kind of interesting that you're saying that, but you're also indicating you just you just think that when people are a little um, immovable that they're stifling the creative outlet I'm guessing because yeah, yeah. it's not you don't I'm guessing you don't personally have a problem with it it's just now you can't be interactive and creative with that person right um, yeah I guess that's the point um, there are music is the highest grade and the highest level of perfection you can ever reach and there there is a handful of people like like Ingrid Malmsteen, like Jose Triani, I surely know they, they work really, really hard. And Steve Wire always said, hey, I don't have so much talent. I worked really, really hard to, to yes. come to this point. But um, I, I always told my, my co-musicians, co hey, uh, do it like this or better. Right. And that <laughs> right. was the point <laughs> that never worked. Yeah, yeah. And that's that cannot lead for me it cannot lead to to rock and roll or to a community or to a feeling that's so sorry because you're saying it, it is to you uh interactive that's the way it has to function ultimately on when everybody that's working together is on the same level and has the same I, yeah. understanding the same timing precision of timing the same sense of for for harmonies then I guess that's a crew I could work with. Gotcha. So it's interesting too, you brought up a word that sparked where maybe I'm gonna roll next is perfection. Tim, are you a perfectionist? <coughs> don't think, <laughs> Cut you off guard, eh, baby? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, um, I, I don't think, I don't consider myself a perfectionist. Um, maybe in the past I've been unmovable because I, you know, very, I think that Jorg and I share this very much where we have a pretty clear vision of what's possible when we work with yeah, certain yeah. individuals. And then we hold them to that standard that we are expecting them right. to be at. Now, so that, that is, that's great. However, it can also really stifle creativity and bring about um, judgment. Yeah, is it mm -hmm. is it partial though? Is it confusing as you're moving work ethic with outcome, or is it pursuing perfection? I, I guess that's a question to you. I mean, I'm picking up on what you're saying. I guess I'm just trying to parse it. I think it's expectation is the word. Yeah. So we have a certain expectation of ourselves and so we expect the others that we work with to rise to that same level of expectation that we have for ourselves and when they don't we're disappointed so oftentimes we're moving through a myriad of different musicians because yeah, to find the answer to that expectation yeah is that sound about right york yeah that's and that one musician is those one precious jewel yeah, <laughs> you are yeah. looking for 20 years long. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Interesting. And for you guys, is it is it something that you see and know? Is it something that's nebulous, but you know is there when it comes to this thing that you're trying to, to make perfect? Does that well, make sense? Does that question even yeah, make yeah, sense? Yeah, no, no. I mean, I think that there's the... There. It's like the creative aspect, I guess, is where I'm going. Yeah, for. sure. And I, I think there's two parts to that. There's the there's sort of the technical, which is which is ability and right. performance, and and then and then there is the 
the more nebulous thing, the undefined thing, the unspoken thing of, of just energetic creativity. Right. I mean, that's, that's the gold really, I think as a, as a creator. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's two different worlds. Yeah, it is. It's for me too. uh, to be fair, I guess I should answer whether I'm a perfectionist. Um, I, I guess I am by its definition, but I kind of look at it where it's a pursuit opposed to a solid thing. Uh, in other words, it's it's there to constantly work for, although it will never be attained. In fact, I look at it the day that I attain it is the day the pursuit is done. Um, as strange as that sounds, but it I guess I, I guess ultimately I am a perfectionist because I'm I'm always reworking things and go no it can be better and and I finally had to learn how to just kind of stop and say no that's exactly what it's supposed to be opposed to this thing that I want to mold it into if that makes sense um but it's it's definitely interesting to hear your guys input on this what about the the qualities that you enjoy out of fellow creatives give that one over to Jorg yes Jorg's up Jorg is at bat as we say uh in the states yeah, I'm the schoolmaster, you know. The schoolmaster is good. Oh, he's he's at bat with his ruler, man. He's at bat with his ruler. Mrs. Dixon. Yeah, the point of of being perfect. Um, I can remember I was listening to the Odyssey made by Ingvar Malmsteen. I was in the age of around twenty or twenty one or nineteen or so. And I was a friend of mine brought it, a good guitar player, a friend of mine. He brought it to my house and we were listening to it. And I thought, okay, that's doodling music, anything. Then it took, I guess, around four weeks. And then it, it hit me with a, with a sledgehammer. And I had those ballads, the um, dreaming ballad from that, that record in my ear on, from, from now to, to the next moment. And I grabbed the guitar and I, I bought those those um, vinyl disc, and I was listening to it and I was absolutely sure I will never play like this guy. This is unbelievable, and and I never will. I I was on the point. I I took the guitar away for for weeks or so, and then then came the point where I thought, hey. That that Malmsteen guy here, maybe he can play guitar like hell. But hey, maybe I can do other things better than he. And that was the first um, com- comparison to my worthing system. And okay, over the years I, I worked so many hours alone in the studio because right. I couldn't find um, the right musicians for that. And I guess my... My point of professionality is um, if I want to play music and radio by independent bands or so, I always tell them, hey, it needs to be industrial level. It has to sound like a record made by ACDC or made by Iron Maiden. Okay, it can be creative. It can have uh, some other influences. Maybe one is doing power metal and sounds like David Bowie. That's interesting. That's refreshing, but it has to... It needs to have a, a level where the drums are right in the mix, where where the voice is in the middle, where everything of the frequencies, everything that is measurable technically, right. that has to be in place. And then creativity starts after this point for me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. I shoot films. I've shot films. I've short films. And... Um, it's one of those things where in that group of people they'll shoot something and then they think they can show it to someone and explain away how they were almost doing it right. So they'll go, yeah, here's where I wanted to. And I'll be like, I'm trying to watch your movie because they know they haven't satisfied the flow that the standard of flow that people are Mm -hmm. expecting when they see a movie, because you're being compared to Steven Spielberg whoever you are, because that's what everyone can watch. And I think that's what you're talking about, where you have to at least, like you can do lo-fi stuff. I've certainly done lo-fi stuff, but that's in its own market. When you want to go to rock and roll, you, you're, you know, I'm competing with both of you guys, and that's a pretty freaking high bar if you ask me. So 
in a healthy way, Tim. I don't mean it going back to like the the, the negative co connotations to competition, but it's 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 the truth, Yorg. I think you're spot on. Like you have to have an idea on how it actually works before it's gonna it's gonna go. Do you have a um? You made me think of this. Do you have an issue at all? Like, because you seem to have grown out of classical music, but you absolutely love to play blues and you're very good at it. Did you have an issue like kind of changing over to blues from a classical vibe because it's it's could be easily perceived as more as a simpler form of music? When you look back to the roots of that music, in, especially in rock music, you find it's it's the same thing if you're playing blues, if you're playing uh, classic, if you are influenced by maybe w we just talked about uh, J.S. Bach, yeah. Johann Sebastian Bach, and when you look to when you listen to maybe Ingvar Malmsteen, maybe to Dream Theater, you see that it's it's one line. There is no problem in in playing blues when you when you when you are able to use 12 notes those 12 notes right. you are able to play everything but if you don't understand how the chromatic scale works if you don't feel that in your intuition you are not able to play pop music or rock music or something else i gotcha i gotcha so it does also have tend to have different time but right opposed to classical a lot of times you, you got the the triplet feel and all of that but you're saying since you understand music you just look at it as music and it's like okay john i can understand what it is so i can play it yeah that's what it sounds like you're saying yeah yeah that's the point yeah so Jorg, exactly. what 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 fascinating question would you ask tim since we have him here and you don't get to talk to tim every day about tim and his music or his life we had uh, a few days ago we had a little already we had a little chat oh pre-chat about my desperation to the music scene and to the music industry yeah. but i would really love to have your trust in yourself for me i know my my consequent doubt that i never trust myself um keeps me alive keeps me searching for perfection yeah, how yeah. do you manage that you say hey i have that song i have that feeling i feel good and life's okay is this 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 thing that's a loaded question tim what do you got baby <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just i just want to just want to want to quantify exactly what you're asking uh so how how do i not be not let him perfection impose itself on my creativity is that what you're saying um what is the source of your ah of of of, of your power of your um mm. being satisfied with mm. yourself and and the music you're doing mm. okay you know I, I have to say that that's a really simple one for me um <clears throat> i live my life in all areas now, after a lot of soul searching, I live my life from my instinct and intuition. So I, that makes that, you know, what I'm gonna have for lunch, but it also, you know, what what song am I gonna work on? Uh, what's gonna be the next part? Uh, how am I gonna de deliver that? I no longer worry about perfection. Perfection already exists. I just need to access it mm -hmm. by connecting mm -hmm. with the intuition, my instinct and intuition. I've learned to trust it 100%. And that is my superpower. Nice. That's a pretty damn good superpower, brother. And what were the milestones to come to this point? <clears throat> uh, Overanalyzing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, really, really striving for perfection. You know, where you where you where you sing or play the same thing, you know, 20 times, 30 times to think it's going to get better. And you go back to the first take and you go, oh, my goodness, yeah. who was there on the first take? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those are all just confirmations that when you're not thinking about it, when you can keep your mind out of the equation. Perfection yeah, yeah. exists. 
Yeah. That's an interesting point. Uh, again, I've lately taken to reading again and, and uh, some of it's esoteric and the idea that, that something's already there for you, if you can accept it, is such an interesting one. And it sounds like you found a place for it, that, that it actually works for you. And you're just saying, hey, I'm not going to struggle with it. It's there. I know it's there. I just have to, I have to experience it. Would that be a correct way to kind of paraphrase what you were saying? You're, you're, right, on, you're right on the money. And, and I believe that actually exists for every single human being. On I do too. That once, here, here's the great analogy that one of my teachers recently gave. He said, when Michelangelo, Michelangelo visualized what the statue of David was going to look like. And he went to the quarry and he saw the piece of stone. And he went, that's David. And all he had to do was chip away all the parts to that free weren't. It. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. it was. Perfection. That's beautiful, man. So so now we we flip the script as they say in LA. And Tim, <laughs> you get to ask Jorg that question. Because you know, you don't always get to talk to Jorg and you know, you go, Wow, he's a really interesting creative fellow. You know what I would ask him if John gave me a chance to ask him this? Yeah, yeah, no totally. thank you very much. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I dressed that up pretty good, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. So, so, would, so yeah, so you... Jorg, I, I I you confirmed today, you know, some of the things that I that I thought about you because I know you but I don't know you that well. But I see you as as a fairly you know, outside of the pandemic and everything, as a fairly solitary um, creative. You co-create with many people. Yeah, that's that's true, yeah. What do you love about being... What do you love about your personal creativity? And why do you do things in that way? What I love in this creativity. Yeah, you must know I started all these things around one year ago. Mm -hmm. When it started uh, with the pandemic, I was damned to stay here, to stay behind the screen, to use the camera. Okay, I had some, some experience with the camera making small video movies for my guitar students and so on. But it started one year ago. I was not needed out there. There was nothing for me out there. Not the nature. I had the chance to, uh, to force myself and to become myself. And there was, suddenly there was the way um, my friend Alessandro from Italy started those Concerti da Livano. And he asked me, hey, would you like to make a concert? Oh, my God, in front of the camera, um, a live concert. I never did that. Okay, on the stage. But there you have the, the contact to the people. And that gives you, you know what I mean, those, those stream of energy and of creativity yeah. at this precious moment, this one moment. But you don't have that feeling using a camera. Mm -hmm. But I, I felt... I can't, I can't explain it the right way. Um, I feel the people behind the cam and I talk to them and I feel that there a little bit of energy is coming back. And this gives me um, the creativity and the power to go on. And so it came step by step that I met you, that I met John and all those, those great guys around the world in New Zealand and so on and so on. And to be honest, I was searching for years for the right voice for the Midnight Dancer. I never trusted any, any other musician until I met John. He said, hey, let us do a song. And he sent back a mix of that song. And it was completely different from what I would have done. But there was this, this moment... I know he's my brother, he feels like me, and it's good as it is. That was the first thing that was wow. nine months ago or so. Yeah, it was a little, little over, I think a little over a year, year ago, actually, yeah. yeah. Talk and about uh, electrify me. 
Yeah, electrifying. That was the point. I never trusted any other musicians. I had to, as I told you, I had to control everything. But now I can let all these input um, flow in the right direction. And now there's your voice out there. You're by my side. I know some other guys in, in over there in England. I know Ryan in New Zealand. I'm sure we will make something nice one day. And this is the, 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 the point of perfection I can access now. And this, this gives me the creativity to make things like I ever wanted to do. That's yeah, that's cool. Do you think that comes from... Um a day where you just became comfortable saying, look, I, I pick up energy from this guy or, or this person. And I just think that there's an understanding that it will be symbiotic that, I mean, was there just a release of, of, of control or, or was it more than that? I guess is what I'm asking. Like, was it a decision of like, dude, I have to stop controlling everything. There are people out there with some, some abilities. Or was it like, you know what? This might actually be even more interesting than me just doing what I do all the time. Or what I, what, what's in my playhouse. The point is not to give away the control. The point is to, to trust others, to have the feeling that they understand you and that they... They work in the same way. Yeah. Mm. Maybe a, a little bit of a, of a metaphysic thing. Sure. All over the world. <laughs> yeah. I know this 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 word. Um, we are all one, and we are all thinking the same. And and God is is us, and we are God. Right. But I think there are still different levels. But using the internet. I find those handful of precious, really precious people like you, and it works. Yeah. It gives me the feeling that someone understands me, and that's pretty hard here in my hometown or, or in my home country. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. You know what's interesting to me, Jorg, is I don't have the um, skill level to physically... Uh, manifest what's in my head or in my heart when it comes to music. So I, I can't be solita solitary in the process. I could never be solitary in the process. Otherwise, the music would be so rudimental, no one would care. No one would give a fuck about it. They'd be like, what, what's that? It sounds like you're rubbing two sticks together and, you know, humming, you know? And, and so it's fascinating to me because in a way, what I'm saying is because of your heightened level of ability, it's, it probably is far more difficult for you to, to relax in what you're talking about. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Tim? <laughs> he, breathes a heavy, he breathes a heavy sigh and says, I don't know, man. I don't John, want to let you John, fall you're asleep, stepping Tim. out on a plank on that one, brother. Okay, I'll get Go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. I give this cup to you. All I can say is that is that the one thing, one of the things that I'm most grateful for uh, in in this in this pandemic time and and this separate time of separation, is is how much more I appreciate and value co-creation. Yeah. Okay, it used to be, I, I think I was a very egotistical musician for a long time. And this experience in just in the last year or so has really confirmed to me the greater power and depth that is available within co-creation. That's beautiful. Uh, you know, expressing yourself fully on a personal level, very important. I think it's I think it's mm -hmm. very important. But expressing yourself along with somebody else's creativity and allowing that to be exactly what it is is a very freeing thing there's a freedom there that comes from that and um so that's something that i'm very very grateful for co-creation tim you just said something too that's 
um, that sparked an interest in me because you talk about you talked about letting things be what they're supposed to be. I think that's for me um, one of the greatest gifts is I figured that out many many years ago to let people be who they are instead of this whole idea of I can make Tim do what I think Tim should do I'm like my evaluation always tends to be well John you're dealing with Tim who you love and adore for what he can do so why are you trying to struggle with what he can do you know what does that make sense and it's really it's really interesting the way that you talked about your ego, which I would ask you is, is if you felt you had a strong ego back in the day, was that preservation of Tim or was it Tim being indulgent? I, I think it's, I think ego always, I think ego is really the main driver of everything that is painful in the world. And I'm not just talking about negative ego. I'm talking about positive ego too. If we can let go of the identities that we think we are, or we believe, or we've decided that we are, and we just be who we are, then suddenly freedom is there for all of us. And I, I, it's just like, again, and I'll bring up that, that Statue of David thing. It's just once you chip away all of the things that you think of who you are as a musician, as a creative, as a person, once you strip those all away and let them go, now you're really tapping into something that is true, honest, real, powerful, and gives you total freedom over your life. Damn, if that ain't the truth, man. That's beautiful, man. <laughs> that is. That's. Uh, I find it. I find it um, fascinating that you have moved into, as well as doing music, that you. Um, you're a people coach in a way, I guess maybe I'm bastardizing your title, but you have taken upon the idea that you can help other people see things and, and be in a, a healthier spiritual frame. And it's not just a spiritual frame. This is, you know, it's definitely not that it, this is more really like, I just see everybody now, now that I've had the experience myself, I see everybody as perfect, whole and complete. Sometimes with a lot of, stuff on top that's all yeah you know I what i mean really so, so i can i can that's that's my role as a um as a as a guide or as a as a leader definitely is to is to help people see that for themselves yeah yeah if i can do that everything else is taken care of yeah that's beautiful hey what why don't we move to i think what i slated as the last subject um current projects tim what are you up to man um, so working on the on the the second Mighty One record already at this point, or sorry, the the fourth record I should say, but the follow up <laughs> to Torch of Rock and Roll. Right. Um, but but right now, right in this present moment, actually, I'm really quantifying my my offering um, to the world, really, with with exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, about really putting together something, you know, something structured and solidified that can guide people to that and so i've got a, a, a you know i believe in daily disciplines i really am a huge believer in that that taking the first hour of your day to really set up the foundation of your day whether that be exercise or meditation and some journaling or some creativity but really setting that up so that if that means getting up an extra hour early then that's what it's going to take great but the, i don't think that our life is maximized unless we do that so putting together this program, I mean, yeah, it's it's all part of, of the book that I'm working on too, which is called Torch of Rock and Roll, Lighting the Fire of Purpose. Yeah. That's that's where that's where I'm at right now. That's a cool place to be if you ask me, man. I think it's cool that a uh, that a rock guy is out there in a way um espousing what many would perceive as touchy feely or or, you know, uh, internal based stuff and I think that it validates how healthy it is to look at these things and be a certain way opposed to just being blown by the wind which you know has its day in everyone's life but there's that point of focus that you're talking about and coming from a rock god that's a really cool thing mm, oh, th thanks for yeah rock god wow that that's that's a lot to live up to but I think you qualify 
<laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, when you talked about that, you know, most people are just, you know, they're out on the on the ocean, which yeah. is our life, and it's a it's a pretty turbulent ocean. And do you want to be that little paper boat that's getting blown wherever the wind blows you, yeah. or do you actually want to sail towards the destination that you're going to, which is in, in the end is the end of our lives. So you know, what's your legacy? What what are you going to leave behind? Yeah. What's your legacy? That's what I always ask people. What do you know? What do you want to be remembered for? Yeah. I guess I'd have to do some homework because I didn't have an answer in my own own head when you said it. <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute, He's, he is talking about something that I haven't considered. Damn, <laughs> York. What about you, man? What's your What's your latest project? I think I'm still in progress, and that concentrates all the all the last spoken sentences. Uh, Tim, when you say you you live and let live, mm. I can agree 100%. The question is, mm, I was sometimes <clears throat> called or named, I'm a train. I'm a very fast train. And the question is, um, are the people who are with me are fast enough to jump on that train? And so I always decide... Um, um, I, I let them live, but um, I see that they don't have the the power to jump on my train. So no matter if they are not good musicians or not good people or, or have problems with alcohol, but it has, in my opinion, is it has nothing to do with my life. And so I see I'm I'm always in a progress and I'm developing from from day to day a little bit more so now i know during the pandemic time and during all this camera time and and meeting all you great persons i know that for me the time now has come to stop working for all the others mm. for me it's time to develop me and what i can do and um, to come to the point of perfection, perfection is not playing sixteenth um, um, and triplets and more faster and more. Perfection is is simply when you when you do a song or you do a solo with a handful of notes and you and you see that shimmers, that begins to glow in itself. That's that's a perfection, and. Now I know I can do much more when I don't wait for all the other people. And this, this may lead to the point where I would like to be. Again, to stand on stage, to give, to, to load up people with my music and my inspiration. That's, it, that's so fascinating, Jorg. You, 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 you express this idea of not waiting um for others in a way and i wonder if it's it did you do you feel did you feel selfish not waiting at some point in life is that why it's like dude i because i i've done the same thing and it, all it's done is held me back so i i relate to what you're saying so is there a point though that you were like man why am i holding myself back at, at the cost of this and i'm waiting for so and so to pick up the ball and you realize that that's just not healthy for your own psyche is that what you're saying that is the point i had so many years um doing music for my for my band mates so simplifying ideas that i that i had um to break it down to three chords and to four bars to show how the how the bass player can can do the best notes and not to injure himself while <laughs> holding his bass guitar and or anyone te else teach or anyone else <laughs> yeah yeah teaching i was yeah yeah and i must confess i'm i'm the teacher mm -hmm. i enter the room i see things don't have those um, industrial level i i spoke about and there there were sometimes people i i felt they were worth to lift it on my train right and so i went down in my energetic level 
and gave them a little bit of mind to 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 create something common. But now we didn't have a band rehearsal since end of 2019, so I'm forced to do things on my own. And you know, in the Rock Masters and in the in the first streaming show I did in November, there was Samuel Fadeley, a really really good guitar player. Yeah, I would with say eight string thing. Yeah, he's playing uh, most of the time. As far as I know, he's playing covers of um, classical music or classical influenced music. And hey, this guy is going on stage. He has his playback, his guitar, and he's playing his songs. And then for me, that's a that's a complete new idea to have a playback, not to wait for the drummer to count in, <laughs> to have everything in one place. And my future thing is I'm I'm completing um, a bunch of songs now at the moment and uh, developing myself to a better guitar player, to better expression in feeling with your help, John. Right, yes, and Tim. And I would really love to bring this uh, playback set with 10 or 12 songs or all the all the great songs we did together in the in the blues era there are some really nice instrumentals to bring it on stage with my blues band colleagues but i will not wait for them now they are forced to do the steps to come to this level to make us play this nice nice and fascinating music yeah was that's, that your question? That's amazing, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that was. <laughs> and what, that, I, that what, I, what I like ahead, about Tim. what York said is, is that, is that um, you decided the time for compromise is over. Yeah. 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 That's much shorter and it does not sound so good, but that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I, I, I identify, I identify with you. Those that want to be along with me, um, you know, on the Tim train, um, yeah. you're welcome. Jump on, but yeah. I will not compromise anymore. Yeah. yeah, you would not stop the train again. Nope. Well, that's 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 amazing, guys. I cannot thank both of you enough for agreeing to be this uh, triad of uh, of creative types expressing themselves. And I don't. I think. That anyone listening has been exposed to some pretty creative thinking uh so i i genuinely thank both of you for doing this with me so i Nothing think that it's been a real pleasure again oh uh, yeah yeah it's always great to talk to you and and always great to talk to Jorg. um actually working on a on a song with Jorg right now yeah what you got you doing man um <laughs> it's a song called midnight dancer yeah and so I don't know if you've, you've heard it, but uh, I have not. Yeah, no. it's, it's really cool. Bit of a it's bit of a throwback. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. So yeah, um, working on a on a vocal track for that. But I, I was just going to suggest. Like, I just got a little bit of an intuitive hit to say that the three of us might have to do uh, do a little co-creation together. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. Yeah, that'd be freaking amazing. I am. Yeah. You are. Are you open to that? Yeah. Sure. Excellent. <laughs> the thing, it's an interesting thing, man. It's just like you guys are saying that this whole connective tissue that's being created by the internet, uh, as resistant as I personally am to it, uh, it is the outcomes are pretty amazing. I think both of you kind of alluded to that, and I, I am in total agreement with you. So, does anyone want to give um, their where people where fans can reach you, uh, your dot coms or anything like that? Tim, go ahead and go first. Yeah, yeah, mine's simple, torchofrockandroll.com. Uh, you can reach everything there. That's sort of the, the portal to, to everything that I do. Or, uh, you know, just my name, Tim Steinruck, on, on Facebook. I Fantastic. Love people. I love people. That's why I do what I do. That's a good thing to do, man. Jörg, you're up, sir. Yeah, I'm also spread it all over the internet. Oh, that sounds so great. I'm spread it all over. You can find me, have a look into Google, look for York Klein. You know, I, I usually have those points on the O, so I'm York, but the internet is merciless, so I'm York. <laughs> but 
when you look for your clan, you will find only, I think, um, 500 entries in there. You can find me in yorksworld.com, where you can also have a look at everything I do in the streaming shows and the radio shows, all my musical projects. And if you want to find me, you will find me. <laughs> it will be as it's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. <laughs> I'm, we're going to sign off this time, and we'll, we'll do it again sometime in the not-too-distant future if you guys are up for it. I'd appreciate that. that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thanks, guys. Hey there. This is John. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Mobile Radio Carnival at the CEF.world. I also want to say, hey, thanks, Tim and Yurk, for being on the show. 